History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. America and happy Monday, a very special day today. We've got two really powerful guests that I think are going to open your eyes to some of the stories that we don't get a chance to follow every day, but when we do, they're so compelling. We want to give you the facts. We want to give you a deep dive so that you can be up to speed and know exactly what's going on, where your government's letting you down, where it is failing to protect people. And today, we're going to start off the show. Tomorrow, there's going to be an extraordinary hearing in the House Oversight Committee, the subcommittee on security. It is focused on, this is a stunning fact. You have to sit down when you hear it. Of the 130,000 plus unaccompanied minor children, children that were allowed to come into this country without any parents from foreign countries, 85,000 of them are unaccounted for. The government has lost contact with 85,000 children here in this country, in a foreign country, without their parents, without family members. In many cases, they came here with the assistance or the insistence of the drug cartels controlling these children. They get in this country and our government doesn't know where they are. They don't know whether they're being sold into illegal migrant labor like the New York Times found recently. They don't know if they've been put with a sex offender. They don't know what has happened to them. That is gross negligence of a magnitude. It's one thing to have a debate over whether it's appropriate to let children without parents into the country as part of this mass illegal migration scheme that the Biden administration has. It's another thing to, after allowing it to happen, to fail to protect those children. Well, at the top of the show today, Congressman Glenn Grothman from the great state of Wisconsin, he is the chairman of that subcommittee. He's going to have that hearing tomorrow. This is an eye-opening experience. You're going to want to buckle your seatbelt. It is absolutely crazy what you're going to hear from Congressman Grothman. He just came back from the border. Now, of all the things that the Biden administration can do to help the Border Patrol, like maybe stopping the children, sending them back to their families rather than placing them with people we don't know who they are or even if they're related in this country. All the things they could do. You know what Congressman Grothman was told that the Biden administration is doing to help out the Border Patrol at the border? Giving them therapy dogs. Yeah, that's right. They're not not giving more resources, not shutting down the border, not putting a border wall up, not sending vulnerable children back to their parents so they can't be exploited. They want to provide therapy dogs. That's not going to solve a darn thing. But that's one of the many things Congressman Grothman learned while he was at the border this past weekend. He's going to light us up at the beginning of this podcast. And you're going to learn a lot about this. I just want to step back and think one more time. By the way, the New York Times agrees that there are 85,000 children who the government has lost track of. Multiple members of Congress, multiple government officials have confirmed this. This is a massive humanitarian crisis created by and sustained by the Biden administration and its Health and Human Services and Homeland Security Department. And a few days ago, when HHA Secretary Bashir, this is just before Easter, was asked about this, hey, what's going on? You, you lost track of 85,000 children. He said, I'm not aware of that number. 
How could you be in charge of the agency that brought those children into this country who you have a moral and legal obligation to protect and you don't even know the number that you lost track of? That's what Congressman Glenn Grothman is going to highlight tomorrow and what we're going to get an early jump on today as part of the John Solomon Reports podcast. So that's the first block. And the second block, we're going to turn to an old friend, former Congressman Doug Collins, uh, really for a long time, a very valuable member of the House Judiciary Committee. On a daily basis, he has been able to referee for us some of the more unusual things that go on in Washington, why things happen the way they do, why there's neglect, why there's failure. Well, today, he's going to referee the incredible hearing that Jim Jordan had in New York, where victims of Alvin Bragg's Release Felons program, the program where people have downgraded felonies to misdemeanors and they're released into the general populace only to create more crimes, only to put more people at risk. He's going to referee why that's so important and why a story that we broke over the weekend at Just the News is resonating in so many quarters today. What is that story? Well, you heard it here first on John Solomon Reports, Jim Jordan revealing that the letter by those 51 national security experts falsely claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian disinformation operation during the 2020 campaign. Why that started with the Biden campaign. That's right. Jim Jordan exclusively told Justin News and John Solomon reports that that story, that letter originated inside the Biden campaign. They reached out to the intelligence officials who then wrote the letter. They got that information from former Deputy CIA Director Mike Morrell. Well, we're going to ask Congressman Doug Collins to weigh in on that as well. So that's our show today. we got a great show. We're going to start off with Congressman Glenn Grothman, the chairman of a Credible hearing tomorrow about exploited children being allowed to cross the border without parents and being lost by the United States government. We've lost track of them. Glenn Grothman is going to start us off. And then Congressman Doug Collins is going to weigh in on all things Alvin Bragg, the House Judiciary Committee, the big scoop we had over the weekend about the Biden campaign's connections to that bogus letter falsely claiming the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. We're going to have that in just a little bit. But first, let's take a quick commercial break. I will be right back after these messages. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As I've been reporting on Justin News, there's grave concern about what we're learning about unaccompanied minor children coming across the border, the Office of Refugee Resettlement's failures. A big grand jury report came out of Florida under Governor Ron DeSantis a couple days ago, and several members of Congress on the front lines of really exposing what a travesty this is, a human rights travesty going on right under our noses with the Biden administration. One of those members of Congress joining me now is Congressman Glenn Grothman. He has been on the lead on this issue. Congressman, great to have you on the show today. Glad to be on this show. We have to do all we can to publicize this human rights tragedy going on on our southern border. Well, you chair this very important subcommittee, House Oversight Subcommittee of National Security. You've been down to the border. You've been talking to ORR and CPB officials. Tell us how bad this situation is. It looks like we're putting enormous numbers of children in harm's way. Absolutely. And like everything else, it's gotten so much worse under President Biden. In the last full year of the Trump administration, 15,000 unaccompanied minors came across our southern border. Now we're up around 130,000 a year. Now, a little bit of that could be the, the, a little less COVID. But nevertheless, when we have this big of an increase, uh, you have to wonder what's going on, and particularly with children. Um we have we are not using DNA tests to even say who these children or to make sure these children are going to relatives. Uh, they are resettling them across the United States. Even the New York Times has articles about a lot of them working probably against child labor laws. Uh, huge problem. We believe a lot of these children are forced to send money back to the cartels. And like everything else that goes along the southern border, you have to realize the drug cartels are part of the problem. They are doing a lot more to control our southern border than our own border patrol. And there's no doubt the intelligence is clear. We've heard it from CPB officials. We saw it from the grand jury investigation in Florida. And yet, when you talk about the Office of Refugee Resettlement, they seem to be naively unaware that these children are falling into the hands of the cartels. How can this office be so naive, so disconnected from the reality that they're putting these children into? Well, I, I think the problem comes from the top. They do not care who comes here. They just want to change America as quickly as possible. Why else would you take in almost 130,000 kids in one year without knowing, without knowing where their parents are talking to their parents? I mean, it's a scandal. Almost all of these kids are coming from either Guatemala, Honduras, or El Salvador. And they're the most vulnerable children, right? Because they're not with their parents. Well, well, Absolutely. 30% are under age 15. Wow. So you're talking about really young kids here. Uh, we do not know, like I said, whether the sponsors, they may say they're a relative. We have no idea if they're really a relative. And it's very frustrating that more Democrats are not upset about this. You remember when people were held, you know, just for a month or something, apart from their parents, they were screaming about, you know, we're, we're breaking up families. Here you have over 120,000 kids a year who may never see their parents again. Yep. And are in the and many times the, the possession or control of the drug cartels who do heinous things to them. There's a line that came out. We, we had this Florida grand jury report, uh, Ashley Moody, the attorney general. I just want to read this line to you because I think it's exactly what you've been warning about. ORR, the office that does this, Office of Refugee Resettlement, asserts that children fleeing from danger are adequately identified, properly cared for, and reunited with their family here in this country. In reality... ORR is facilitating the forced migration, the sale, and the abuse of foreign children. That is an amazing statement from a state grand jury that had access to all the documents, selling, abusing, forcing migration of children. No doubt this is going on, right? Absolutely. We have no idea if these children are being put, put with relatives. Like I said, there's no DNA test. And secondly, we have no idea, even if they are relatives, are these people you'd want a child with? Are these people taking advantage of children, taking the money that they're earning when they're working maybe 40 or 50 hours a week, despite perhaps not being 16 years of age? Um, are these children being sexual abused, which some of them are? I mean, it's obviously ripe for human trafficking uh, when you have that many children coming across the border, just unconscionable. Uh, it's important that the Biden administration immediately, um, first of all, increase the amount of money going to these agencies so we can hold on to these kids for longer until we make sure that they're going to the right people, do DNA tests to see, you know, are they really 
relatives uh, of the children or not, and uh, finally close up the border in the first place, which is the underlying problem. I mean, common sense will tell you, you have no business at all taking over 120,000 unaccompanied minors a year in this country. No, we're not equipped for it, and it's not healthy for the children to be so separated this way. You have a big hearing tomorrow. The director of OR is going to be there, Robin Dunmarcos. What's the most important takeaway? What do you want to leave that hearing tomorrow with? What sort of solutions or resolutions do you hope this hearing can prompt tomorrow? Well, right now, we return unaccompanied minors back to Mexico. We have to see whether we have to introduce legislation to return unaccompanied minors back to other countries as well. We want to see what these other countries think about their future generations coming to the United States without being adequately supervised. We want to see why there are not more uh, background checks done on the people these kids are being turned over to. Uh, we want to see there's some evidence that these children have been sexual assaulted, that sort of thing. What type of follow-up are we doing when we send these kids somewhere once they cross the southern border? You know, when I've been at the border in the past, sometimes they send these kids places based on they attach something to their shirt right. or something or other. Send me to 123 Elm Street, Portland, Oregon. You know, are we going to continue this policy? How much more checking are we doing? And like I said, are we aggressively finally going to say no to some of this immigration if it's unaccompanied minors? Do they recommend going back to the old system where if a 12-year-old came here from Guatemala, they're going back to Guatemala, just as we'd send a 12-year-old Mexican child back to their parents? Right. No doubt about it. You spent some time with the incredible men and women of the Customs and Border Patrol Agency. Tell us a little bit about the struggles that they're facing with all of the overwhelming things and how the cartels take advantage of distracting them with other things like taking care of children so that they can then smuggle their drugs across. Yeah. yeah, One of the things, John, I want to point out right now, by their own admission, they have lost 85,000 migrant children. Wow. So, I mean, what does that tell you? Uh, But you're right. I was at the border last week down in Tucson. What they will do is there's a, a, a big gap between uh, designated entry points along the Arizona border. And what the cartels are doing, and we saw it you know, in person, they will take Mexicans, in our case, send them in an area kind of in the middle of nowhere, not being adequately uh, guarded, send groups there, and then the Border Patrol will have to pick them up. In our case, myself and Congressman Biggs from Arizona came across with our our guide, 21 Mexicans, including at least three that had to be under five years old, one looked under one year old. Um, When we found them, and quite frankly, there weren't two congressmen there, I don't think anybody would have found them, but when we found them, we had to call the Border Patrol. Probably they had to come 45 minutes to come and find us. The uh, cartels are always sitting in the mountains looking at what the Border Patrol is doing. When the Border Patrol has to pick up 21 people, they have to bring them back to their headquarters. They have to process them. And the drug cartels can be safe in the knowledge that they can sneak drugs across the border at that time. So then, in other words, they are using immigrants, sending them in the appropriate places that they know that the Border Patrol will have to be fully engaged and then sending the drugs uh, back across. That's what we saw. It's also, to a certain extent, a human rights tragedy. The the groups that we saw, including young kids, they had to walk two miles across the Rocky Desert, or I'm sorry, two hours across the Rocky Desert to get to the United States. They had been waiting two hours for somebody just to to happen to drive along in the middle of nowhere and find them, which happened to be myself, Congressman Biggs, and our guide, and then call for the Border Patrol to pick them up. And within... Uh, we're guessing within five or six hours, they will be released into the interior of the United States. One other thing to give you the lack of common sense going on with the people running the Border Patrol right now. I had asked about dogs. I'm a proponent uh, at the designated place of entry for more dogs to uh, detect uh, drugs, contraband. Uh, what we found out is that they have recently hired dogs. You know what they hired dogs for? Our wonderful uh, Border Patrol therapy dogs for the Border Patrol. Rather than hire more Border Patrol agents to help each other out, it's becoming more dangerous all the time as these people coming across the border are fleeing, you know, 
physically dangerous for the Border Patrol. Rather than beef up the Border Patrol, they're hiring guys and gals to take care of the dogs, which are supposed to provide therapy for the Border Patrol. We talked to a member of the union down there. They thought it was a joke. It's almost unbelievable. Rather than hiring a dog to drug sniff, they're hiring a dog to provide psychological counseling to our Border Patrol. Unbelievable. Uh, It is unbelievable. I still can't believe it. And neither can the union down there who's doing what they can to protect our border. Yep. They're on the front lines and they can't even believe what their government's doing. I want to ask you about that 85,000 number real quickly, because it's a number that the New York Times has confirmed, that government officials have confirmed. But when Xavier Becerra, the HHS secretary, whom the ORR office reports to, was asked about it. He said he was unfamiliar with the number. How could you be unfamiliar with your agency losing track of 85,000 vulnerable migrant children that you allowed to come into the country? Do you feel like Becerra is on top of this at all? Well, no. But the problem is that's who we have. And we don't put, first of all, we should put Americans first. Secondly, when people come here, we should particularly be monitoring the children. But like I said, I think the attitude that what drives the Biden administration is we want as many people in this country as possible to change this country as quickly as possible. And, you know, uh, if some of the once the kids come here, if we don't have the staff to monitor them where they're going, well, we don't care. Because we've accomplished our goal, which is one more person coming to the United States. It is mind-boggling that children are pawns in a dangerous, treacherous game of trying and, to manipulate. Right. And, and, and where are the Democrats yeah. who supposedly care about keeping families together? Yep. I'll tell you something else. In the United States, we try to keep both parents with the children. If there's a divorce, there may be a, a court order saying we don't want one of the two parents to uh, uh, leave the area so the child can grow up with, with two parents. Here, it's kind of the exact opposite. We don't care if there are no parents involved in the child's life. We don't care if there's no DNA test confirming the person who is grabbing this child just as long as they come in this country. And I would really wish some of the Democrats who were all supposedly concerned about breaking up families right. would step up to the plate now and say, where are the parents of these 85,000 children? Or uh, in these other so-called family units, how do we know that these new sponsors are relatives at all? That's and right. I know from past experience at the border, sometimes the Border Patrol guesses and says, I don't think this person is a relative of the young child they have with them. And a lot of times they they, uh, wind up there, turns out they're right when they do the DNA test. That should be done routinely. It's just an extraordinary moment in history to see the neglect. And Democrats ideologically should be absolutely concerned about this. There's a moment where the New York Times reporter, who's done some good reporting on this, is asked about Secretary Becerra. He says he doesn't know where the numbers come from. And and she says they came from his own press office. How about he just call his own people? Really remarkable. (laughs) Willful neglect. Well, like I said, it's it's just apparently not a priority for them. And, uh, you know, who knows what will become of these kids when they're in the United States? Mm. Who knows if they've been mistreated by their so-called sponsors? Uh, you know, who knows how much of their even coming here is being driven by the drug cartels? Because you got to remember, not a lot of people come across that southern border without the drug cartels right. knowing about it and approving it and making money off it. Yeah. So uh, it, it's time for a little bit of humanitarian uh, view of these kids and not just saying, great, we have a few more numbers of people in the United States who weren't born here, who uh, maybe not been adequately trained to be citizens. And who knows, in some of these cases, do both parents want this child shipped here? Is it one parent? Is it no parent? We have no idea. Well, one thing we are certain of, you are taking up this cause and you are driving it home with great alacrity and also really great precision. Uh, Tomorrow's hearing is going to be such an important moment for people to see exactly the statistics and the dangers. We can't wait to see what the government officials say under your questioning. But great honor to have you on, Sharon. Thank you for giving us a preview of this great work that you're doing. 
Great to be on. And like I said, one more time, an example of massive increases in a problem in the first two years of the Biden administration that seemed to be relatively under control two years ago. Yeah, it's a troubling pattern that just keeps repeating itself day in and day out. But we're so grateful that you're on top of this and keeping the American public informed and also not just informing it, but trying to find a solution for this. That is something Americans are crying for. So thank you, sir, for joining us today. Very good. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to have Congressman Doug Collins, former congressman, the host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Doug Collins Show, up next right after this commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I'm always excited to have this next guest on. Not only was he an incredibly consequential member of Congress, of the House Judiciary Committee, but more importantly, he has one of my favorite podcasts. I don't get a chance to listen to many podcasts, but this one I religiously do, The Doug Collins Show. Joining us, former Congressman Doug Collins. Congressman, great to have you back on. Hey, God, it's always good to be with you, buddy. So much to talk about. I don't know where to start, but I want to start <laughs> with something that happened last week that most of the media, I think, failed to acknowledge was such a big story. In the midst of all the other craziness going on last week, the Pentagon acknowledged that that Chinese balloon that traversed our entire continental United States without being shot down until it got into the Atlantic Ocean, that it was transmitting signals, that it was sending information back to China. And it was so controlled by China, it could do figure eights over the military bases and sensitive sites. In any other era in American history as a reporter, I would think this would be front page news for days, and it barely got a blip. What's going on? Well, it didn't get a blip, and I think this was the concern. I mean, it was a, a big deal when it was happening. Everybody sort of weighed in, and, and, you know, and a lot of the folks in the, in the media, they made fun of us who were saying, hey, you know, like, why is this still going on? And then it's been the slow drip 
John, of coming out since then. It's a well, you know, remember at first they said, well, we didn't know it, we couldn't track it, our, our intelligent, you know, our, our devices didn't show it coming, we weren't sure. And then all of a sudden we found out, well, we knew it was coming into into Alaska. And then about a week or two later, well, we found out we knew exactly when it lifted off from China and followed it all the way over. And now in the middle of, uh, you know, when they drop, you know, they've taken out the garbage, so to speak, they take it out during a time when. America's attention is uh, distracted by Alvin Bragg and the uh, Trump uh, arraignment. They drop it out and say, yeah, basically everything that those guys were saying that we sort of made fun of is true. Um, they, it was sending back real-time information. It was being controlled. They could have actually destroyed it if they wanted to. Um, they chose not to. And, again, this to me, John, is bigger than just this. Okay, it's just bigger than just this, this, uh, uh, this uh, balloon. It's in indicative of the fact that nobody trusts what they hear anymore. And I think this is, should be the bigger focus for many of us in, in who have a microphone, who do have a, a platform, is to say, look, I get why you don't trust anybody. I get it. But at a certain point in time, we've got to start holding you know, this accountable because all these media who claim to be you know, responsible journalists, if they don't push back against this, then when are they only, you know, when are they going to, you know, want to be known as responsible journalists anymore? They're not going. Yeah, that is such an important dynamic. And I think the public has become more and more distrustful of the news media because of the last decade of false reporting going with stories that turned out not to be true. The China balloon is just another great example of a story that started at one place. The Biden administration really couldn't shoot it down to it should have shot it down. And oh, by the way, it spied on us for five, six, seven, eight days. As you look out at this, the larger narrative, it seems like the news media and the Biden administration have chronically downplayed the China threat since Joe Biden took it, maybe because of his son's connections to China, maybe because media get a lot of money from the Chinese lobby. But there is a, another moment today, just a few minutes ago, the FBI just announced that they made two arrests in this Chinese police station that had been stood up in New York. And of course, there are many others around the country. Shocking that Chinese police are operating on our territory. But when that story first broke, everybody in the media was like, ah, oh, nothing to see there. Ah, it's like nothing at all. Now you got the FBI making arrests. Why the chronic downplaying of the China threat right now? And what is its consequence to the American people if we don't understand the true nature of the Chinese threat? Well, and I think I think the interesting thing is is what what is the reason behind the town playing? And I think that's the you know again it, you know it could be just a you know this is the the uh, true feelings of the Biden administration concerning China. We're not worried. We're just going to let them play out. We don't feel like we have a role. But yet their public facing side on the Defense Department, and others says you know they give this two sided. Well, China is our number one threat, and we're going to you know we're going to sell a destroyer through the Straits of Taiwan, and we're going to do all this stuff. So. I, you know, to me, it's like, what is the, the real reason here? And, and, and again, I think it, when you have like the first story we talked about, about the Chinese balloon, when we have this information being dripped and drabbed, put out to the media, media lapping it up and then turning it away, um, it, it really makes you question, you know, any involvement or why this is happening. Because, you know, look, our national security has always been the top paramount, uh, you know, should be for any president. And it just seems like we get more and more from this administration that wants to live out a dream, John. If you remember this, you remember when basically Barack Obama said that ours, you know, basically our society was not above anybody else. Remember that? He didn't want to talk about American exceptionalism. He said, he said, we're, we're very good, but we don't want to compare ourselves to others or put them down. And, and it looks like this is finally, in many ways, the living out of some of the Obama administration's equality, if you would, or downplaying of America to the rest of the world, the apology tour, if you remember. And maybe this is, you know, just that part they were saying, well, you know, we're just a nation. We can't do anything about this. Whereas we've always been a country that says, look, we're going to set the standard. You like the standard or don't like the standard, like us or don't like us. We're going to set the standard. And you don't see that anymore out of this administration, frankly, out of the press either. Yeah. No, in fact, their tonal similarities are so remarkable right now that it's hard to distinguish between the two. There's a big moment today, the contrast of a Manhattan district attorney pursuing President Trump on a misdemeanor case, upgrading it to a felony years after the statute of limitations had already expired, and a city that on a daily basis watches violent felons go free, their felony offenses downgraded by the same prosecutor to misdemeanors. Jim Jordan's hearing in Manhattan, right in New York, pretty dramatic stuff of watching victims say, I lost a family member because Alvin Bragg doesn't want to prosecute people. Yeah. And this is highlighting, and again, goes back to this, this whole nature of where we are in a society today. 
in which, you know, it's one thing to, for, an out, for a prosecutor to say they wanted to go after, say, a former president on real, you know, on, if they supposedly had real charges or whatever. So it's, one, it's another thing for them to basically take old charges that have been passed on by every relevant agency on the coordinating side that it doesn't, you know, it did, was not a crime. And, and then bring it up to a felony when you have this same prosecutor who drops things from felonies to misdemeanors. It's, it's the, it's, I call it the, up, the whole uh, monopoly on the liberal side of the Alice in Wonderland narrative, what up is uh, down and down is up. And they don't seem to see the discrepancy here. Um, but this is, I mean, what Jordan is doing is highlighting, say, look, you want to do something that's put our country through a lot of angst you know, on both sides in which you have liberals and conservatives saying this, these charges were, were, you know, you know, made up, so to speak, just to get Donald Trump. But on the same side, you're not willing to talk about your own record. Uh, again, statistics can be a, a nasty thing. And I think this is, again, just another point at the eye that Jordan and the committee is doing to say, look, you know, there's things that, you know, you should be doing, you're not doing that we feel like you should not be doing. And people feel unsafe about it. And, you know, again, it's, it's, a, it's a sad, unfortunate time when the con- congressional committee has to point out some of these things, you know, to a local DA who made it very clear that it was a political uh, determination on the uh, charges against Donald Trump. Yeah, it's so amazing. There's a moment in the hearing where a young woman whose son was killed, knifed to death. I think he was a military member, army sergeant. And she said, Alvin Bragg came into office. He was handed a strong trial-ready murder case and gang assault case against all four of the accused who killed my son. And he dropped the ball. He The case immediately began to unravel because he started dismissing the charges. Pretty remarkable to hear, you know, a, a mom of a brave military member who gets killed in a, a violent crime in New York saying, this guy just let everybody off. They let my son's killers off. Really dramatic stuff. Do you think this will play outside of Manhattan? Do you think this will penetrate the public consciousness and say, hey, what Alvin Bragg's doing in New York, what some of the Soros prosecutors are doing in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, St. Louis, don't bring it to my community. Yeah, I wish I could say yes, John, but you've known me long enough. I mean, I, I, mean, I would love to get on the bandwagon and say, oh, so this is going to point it out. But frankly, John, besides you and me talking about it right now, you see it, I think it's live streamed on Fox, maybe and others. Nobody else is talking about it. And so it's, again, this is a vast vacuum of the mainstream media bubble that can take and magnify things that we, that they want to and, and demagnify things that they don't want to make this a difficulty. And and really it's, it's disturbing to have prosecutors do this because really what he showed, Alvin Bragg showed the worst of prosecutorial misconduct in, in many ways in my mind by taking these cases, just like she described messing them up or downplaying, you know, the day one memo, we're going to downplay these, these crimes and put them uh, into misdemeanors. And yet at the same point, does what is known on the federal level, and, other, and it's actually known on the state level, so it's stacking, which is what he did to Donald Trump in putting 34 indictments up against three basic transactions. Um, for those of us who've actually worked in criminal justice reform, and look, there's a, it, it, and I do, I still work in this area, and it's very frustrating for me to put real criminal justice reform that where you catch bad guys, put bad guys away, but you do it in a fair, responsible way that is beneficial not only to the system but to the victim and everybody else. You have people like this who just simply tear it down every time we try to do this, and it, and, and and John, it actually plays on the fears of people, and I think that's the part that bothers me the most is, you know, they they make up things that then in the turn, you know, cause safety to be put at risk and then claim that this is, you know, the good way to do it. And, and people just know that's not true. But this prosecutors like Alvin Bragg and the ones in St. Louis and the ones in San Francisco and, and other places are really, you know, at the core of a battle that could be done so much better and, frankly, bipartisan. That's the part that bothers me the most. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. It really is remarkable to see the uh, downplaying of this for a long time. And now it's we're seeing the consequences before our very eyes. And it's got to be frustrating to to anyone who lives in one of those cities right now. And also the inaction from Washington. There really hasn't been a significant change. Washington really hasn't done anything to tilt the balance back on these things. You played such an important role on the Judiciary Committee for so long. Are there things that Republicans can do in the power of the purse, the budget process, to force federal prosecutors to stop doing the things that are putting public safety at risk, these local prosecutors particularly? The local prosecutors are a little bit harder, in, in, in fairness. I mean, they could cut back on grants. They could do this. But remember, that, that also requires 
a a, 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 a effort bipartisanly because we still don't, you know, the Senate is still controlled by Democrats who won't touch this at all. Now, federal prosecutors, that's a whole different story because they control them, you know, from from day one. But again, having to convince Republicans and Democrats that you got to do something here. What frustrates me, I'm going to give an example here, John. Uh, we talk about guns. Guns have been in the news a lot lately. It's going to get up even more. We've got now Republicans resembling Democrats in many of their reforms because they hear the you got to do something call. Chicago Mayor Lori Lotfoot has been yelling for years about the crime in her neighborhoods and the gun violence and everything else. And she blames straw purchases out of Indiana. That's her, one of her main arguments is straw purchases out of Indiana. Illegal guns come in our community. Do you know that I think it was a couple of years ago that there had been like 11. Uh, of those gun straw purchase crimes or other gun-related offenses prosecuted in Chicago by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Eleven. It's unbelievable. We're not prosecuting them. I mean, so so at a certain point in time, you know, which is going to be, which is better as a deterrent, John? And you think about this from your own perspective. Does the deterrent on the side of the road where it says 65 mile an hour speed limit, does that keep you from going 65 miles an hour? Or is it the police officer about, 10, about two miles down the road sitting beside the road running a radar? Let's think about this. Yeah, it's it's obvious what it is. It's that radar every time. Ten out of ten times, that's a deterrent. Yeah. Hey, if I knew mom and daddy was coming home, I was going to act a whole lot better if I didn't think they were watching. <laughs> the party gets cleaned up a lot earlier when mom and dad are coming home. You better home. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. Well, you're right. There is this extraordinary missed opportunity that has played out for quite some time. And the deterrence factors are just simply not there. I want to turn to one story as we close up here. That ties together with the very first conversation we had this morning, and that is that there is a media that has repeatedly parroted a government line that often later turns out to be incredibly untrue. And over the weekend, I had a chance to talk to Jim Jordan, and he could divulge that in his interviews with former senior intelligence officers, particularly Mike Morrell, the former deputy CIA director, and a guy named Nick Shapiro, who also was very senior to John Brennan at the CIA, that they divulged that the letter that those 51 security experts wrote back in 2020 saying, we believe the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian disinformation operation. We should all be careful of it. We now know that letter wasn't true. It never was true. There was never, the laptop's been authenticated. And the intelligence community says there was never a Russian disinformation effort. But That episode has always been portrayed as an organic event by well-meaning intelligence officers. Mike Morrell and Nick Shapiro, according to Jim Jordan, have now admitted that the impetus for that letter, the contact for that letter, the context for it came from the Biden campaign. It was a political operation, not an organic intelligence operation. How important a development is that? And should there be some accountability for the Biden campaign officials who actually started that thing in motion? Well, I think it, it, yes and no. And again, what I want to do is see, and I know that, and I've read what y'all been writing about this, and, and Jim has said he's had a, a little bit more to go. I'm anxious to see what their actual report says on it. But if it does show that, then it goes back to this whole idea of election interference, election tampering. I mean, the very thing that we're seeing from you know being blamed on the right many times is actually happening on the left with the complicit media. And you know, buying everything to come. And again, it's just still amazing to me that nobody thinks that there was something wrong with the fact that, uh, you know, basically Twitter and everything else censored the New York Post. From I mean, they don't censor stories in the New York Post from, you know, that say something outrageous about whatever. It was, it was about a specific campaign, a specific purpose, and this whole idea is disinformation. And I think the concern comes is was government resources and government, you know, aid used in this process to put out a letter that was patently false. And when you get to that point, then you have a, a, a government that is acting in the role of a political player. And we have so many things in our uh, laws that, that forbid that. And, and especially in the intelligence community, which is frankly not even supposed to be designed to, you know, on American citizens to start with, especially with inside our 40, you know, our 50 states. And, but yet you're seeing it more and more. So again, you know, the questions are going to come and, and we're in a society now that is really disturbing. And, and a lot of our young people are losing hope in this society. And I've talked to a lot of them because they see things that they were once told becoming not true when it was known all along. And again, we'll see what comes out in this report. But again, if you have government resources used here, 
then yeah, there should be something held accountable. But I've got a bet with you right now, John, a good cup of coffee. Mainstream media will never touch it. Yeah, yeah. Good luck even trying to get him to cover this today, despite how you know on the record and clear Jim Jordan's comments were. Very few people are picking it up today. If it turns out that one of the Biden campaign officials who did this is currently in government, should there be some pressure to maybe force that person to step down? If definitely, yeah, because it really it was it was a form of uh, you you said it best. It was a form of intervention in the election that someone actually intervened in an election with a false story. Surprising that politics has gotten to this level. Unfortunately, I'm I, I, being inside this monster for a long time. I don't, I'm not surprised anymore because I see I see the willingness, uh, and, and again, uh, the willingness to, to create a narrative and the expense to go at it has been very disturbing. And and you know, uh, there's I mean, there's hashtag violations all around this thing. I mean, it's just if I, if you're using, I mean, remember when was it was it Kaylee or was it uh, Sarah that got in trouble? And, the, you know, they called them out for for campaigning. And even Saki got in trouble a little bit for this, you know, in that political side of being in an official role. Right. Yeah. The Hatch Act. Right. Yeah. We, the Hatch Act stuff. We've forgotten about that. And I think that and, and it's you know, we've got to get back to where the government is a government. The people run the elections and the people vote for who they want. And the elected officials then act in the best interest of the people. Uh, you know, in their best interest, is a republic, and, and we have to understand that. They may not always agree with us, but they act in that best interest and cannot use government resources to push political agendas, except in the context of legislation. I know that for some that may sound, huh, what did you just say? You can't take political motives and vendettas out on your enemies using government resources. That's what you can't do. And yet for the last six, seven years, we've seen so many great examples of it, starting with the Russia collusion case, which you played such an important role in. Yeah, it was. Last thought, John Durham is clearly wrapping up, it appears now. Is there any legacy that he could leave behind, anything he could do at the end with a final report that would give some solace to people who really wanted much more accountability than we got? I, I'm, I, I, wish I, could, I wish I could blow sunshine here and say, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. No, I think it's over. I mean, uh, considering what we've seen, what we've not seen, considering the, the amount of stuff that's been brought up by others in, in other arenas, I mean, just see some of these letters and to see the resources that were spent there, it's hard for me to believe, and knowing you know some of the things I know that are publicly held and other things, it's just hard for me to believe you couldn't find anything. And yet you have, again, as we started this whole thing off, you have Alvin Bragg, DA, uh, local DA in Manhattan, basically invent new charges to charge a former president. This is where people are just getting frustrated, and a lot of people are throwing their hands up. Yeah. Too dear. A legal system is sitting in plain open now. It really is remarkable. Congressman, it's always an honor to talk to you. It's always an honor to listen to your show. It's always an honor to watch you in action every day. Thanks so much for the time. Today. A, lot, a lot of important issues that we're trying to grapple with right now. No, it's always a good time. We always get good information out there, John, anytime. You take care of your listeners are, are in good hands. Thank you, sir. Much appreciate you joining us today. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved 
Meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. A big thank you to Congressman Glenn Grothman for all he's doing to highlight the plight of those vulnerable foreign children who the United States government allowed to come into this country without parents at the mercy of the drug cartels and who the United States government has lost track of. 85,000 children, according to the New York Times alone. And that's a number that comes from the U.S. government. Big thank you to Glenn Grothman, and be sure to watch his hearing tomorrow. We'll be watching it. Big thank you to former Congressman Doug Collins. He always brings a lot of wit and wisdom, and I think he explained a lot about why today's hearing in New York was so dramatic, what message it sends to the electorate in blue cities that are dealing with these Soros-elected prosecutors. Two great guests. Really excited about that. Now, before we go, some of you have noted, hey, it looks like you've lost a little weight, John. You're feeling a little bit better. You got a little bit more energy. Uh, yeah, that is true. I can't hide it. You know why? I've been working with my good friends at Brickhouse and their fields of green products, which are amazing. I'm a busy guy. I know I'm supposed to have more fruit and vegetables, but a lot of times I don't get the chance to do it. Well, that was until my good friends at Brickhouse introduced me to their fields of green project. Now I get more than my daily recommended allowance of vegetables and fruits. And it's so easy. All I have to do is put a little powder in a drink Swirk it down, and I am feeling better. I have more energy. I'm losing weight. I feel more alert. And I know that the extra fruit and vegetables are going to help my organs, like my heart, my lungs, my kidney system, my immune system, my blood pressure, my metabolism. Hey, why not take care of your body? It's been taking care of you forever. If you want to get on the same program I'm using, the Field of Greens, supplements. They are amazing. Well, I'm going to help you get started with 15% off. How do you do that? Well, you're going to go to fieldsofgreen.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. Go to fieldsofgreen.com, use the promo code JUSTNEWS. And like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier right away and have more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkup when your doctor says, hey, John, whatever you're doing, keep it up. It's working. Well, if you want to get that sort of affirmation from your doctor, go to fieldofgreens.com right now. Get the 15% off by using the promo code JUSTNEWS, and you'll be on your way to a healthier future. All right, folks, that wraps up today's edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Thanks for joining. We'll be back tomorrow with another great edition and a lot more news. Keep an eye on Just the News tonight. We got a lot of breaking news breaking all across the country. We'll keep you up to speed on that, on the app, on the TV show, and of course, on this podcast. Have a good night. God bless you. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.